0: Given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment, of personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind self-control. That's 2 Timothy And the second one is: there is no fear and love. Dread does not exist. But full-blown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels every trait punishment and so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love is not yet grown into love's complete perfection that's first John 418. So I decree and declare over this house today that we walk in love. We walk with a sound mind. We walk in a spirit of power. We walk in love, for our God is love. And we thank you right now, Father God. We thank you, oh God, that this is our birthright. This is our inheritance in you. We are not looking for blessings of money and of silver and of gold. We are looking for you and your presence, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that when we come into this house, we come in with love on our hearts. We come in with love on our minds. We come in growing more and more perfect in the love that you have given us, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the finest example of what that love is in your son, Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for us while we were yet sinners because he loved us so much because of your great love for us. And I thank you, Father God, that when we experience that love, when we take in that love and we know that love then we can share that love with the world and the world will be drawn to us so that we may point them to you and when we point them to you then they too may experience that uncompromising hased love that love that is willing to lay down its life that love that is willing to pay any price for them and i thank you right now father god that your love is being reignited in your people your love is being reignited in this earth father god so that we may go out and do everything that you have called us to do when we don't do it with fear we don't do it with timidity or with cowardice but we go out with power father God we go out with a sound mind and a calmness about us and a well-being knowing that you have sent us and knowing that you see around every corner you have made every crooked place straight knowing that you have taken down those barriers father God and we praise you in advance for all that you have done we praise you in advance for all that you are doing we thank you right now father God for the worship that is about to come forth in this house we thank you Lord that it will break chains of bondage off of your people it will soften hearts for the word that is to come and we thank you right now father god for anyone who is watching online there is no fear in love there is no fear in love you do not have to fear anything that the enemy tries to bring to you when he does you tell him that he is a liar and you you bring the word of god you wield your your sword of the spirit and he will flee from you he will flee for there is no fear in love, and I thank you right now, Father God, that we walk in victory, we don't walk trying to uh, trying to attain it, we walk from a place of victory because you have overcome the world, and now you are within us, and so we, we overcome in your name, Father God. we thank you, O oh God, for your great love. We thank you for your Son, our Savior, and our Lord whom we submit our lives to. We thank you right now, Father God, for this day. I thank you for this house. I thank you for destiny. I thank you for the man and woman of God of this house, Pastor DJ and Mama Jules. We love you. We thank God for you. We bless you in Jesus' name. I thank you for every leader of this house, Father God, that you would undergird them, God. Let your face shine upon them and bless them and their families. I thank you for every person that this ministry will influence. I thank you, Father God, right now, and I call blessings upon them that they would get to know you and your great love for them. Father God we thank you for the praise and worship that is about to come forth. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Hallelujah. And be glad in it in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Psalm 118
1: says on giving your thanks to God for He is so good. His constant tender love lasts forever. Let all His prince- our voices to the one who has constant tender love for each and every one of us. God, we thank you. We thank you. Be enthroned on our praise, Jesus.
2: We're the ones knocking at your door we have tasted and seen
3: Taste it and see We want more
0: You are faithful and true every moment I spend with you You're all that I need as I fall to my
3: knees You are faithful and true every moment I spend with you With you You are faithful and true every moment I spend with you You're all that I need as I fall to my knees You are faithful and true every moment I spend with you I've been held in Your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. Oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness. Of
1: Collectively, but his presence on the inside of each and every one of us. that his love never fails. He means it. Regardless of your past, regardless of the struggles that you face even now, his tender mercies are towards you. yourself Listen to the father
4: In the building. Somebody feels like, since their parents or somebody left you, uh, that, that you feel like you've been abandoned. And, and God's saying that's not it. He goes, He goes, All right, so we bind that up right now. We bind up with whatever the enemy's trying to tell you. It doesn't matter who's walked away from you. It doesn't matter uh, what your life looked like in the past or what it might even look like right now. God says, I love you. And we just lose His love on you. We lose His love on you right now. You have not been abandoned, you have been brought into a family. Look, you have brothers and sisters in Christ, and you have a Father that will love you through anything. Oh, so Father, we love you. You are so good. Oh, Lord, you're so good. We thank you that every time we felt alone, we felt like we couldn't go through with it. We felt that we just couldn't move further, Father, that you wrapped your arms around us, and you guided us, and you led us like a father. Father, we thank you for being there when, when, when our actual biological fathers couldn't be there, God. We thank you for that. Father, we just thank you. You're so good. Your love is so powerful, so strong. Mm. Father, we just come before you this morning. We worship you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Oh, holy, just come sit with us this morning. Mm. Come on, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. Oh, Father, we just lift you up this morning. We lift you up this morning, God. We came to worship you. That's it. We didn't come to to do anything else but be in your presence. So, holy, we just welcome you here. You have your way in this place. You have your way in this place, God. We love you, Lord. We love you. Oh, we surrender to you, God. Come on, we lift you up this morning. Come on. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise this morning, all the honor this morning, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, can we get an amen in the house? Oh, can we love him back? Let's love him back even more than he loves us. Come on, let's lift him up this morning. Mm. Mm. Come on, Father. Oh, we love you. I thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, Do me a favor, find somebody, love on them a little bit, give them a knuckles, whatever you want to do. We'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why does he do that? Check, check, check. Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. Man, it's like it's social hour. Take a seat. I love that problem in our church. we got to tell people to sit down and quit, quit loving on each other. Come on, have a seat. So good. So good. Come on. Uh, good morning. How's everybody doing? Come on, can we get excited one more time? Hey, let's give it up for our online audience. Come on, guys. We love you guys online. We know you can't be here. We love you. We're praying for you. It's so good. Share this link. Get it out there. Uh, Get it out on social media. Let everybody else see it. Uh, It's so good. And if if you need prayer this morning, we're going to push up uh, a slide on your screen that's going to allow you to to reach out to our prayer team. We're standing by for you. So you're not in this alone. Let us pray for you. Uh, That's what we're here for. So let us pray for you. So that's good. If if you are new to our church or first time visiting today, welcome for our Christmas service. Uh, We thank you for coming out. Uh, we have Connect cards for you, so our ushers have Connect cards. They'll make sure you get one. Fill that out. Let us know you were here, and if you need one, just get with somebody here. Uh, raise your hand, whatever. We'll get you a Connect card. I want to know you were here. I want to reach out to you. I want to pray with you and just let you know you're loved, and we thank you for showing up uh, this morning. We're excited about that, so thank you for being here. Um, several announcements this morning, uh, but I can make them all quick. So the campus is closed uh, for the rest of the week. Uh, Here at Destiny Church. What that means is we're not doing anything on Monday evening, Tuesday evening, or, or Wednesday evening. So our Destiny kids and our Destiny student ministry that usually meets on Wednesdays, they are actually not going to meet until the first week of January. So it's like two weeks off. Okay, so uh, spend time with your families, uh, love on your kids. Uh, It's time to do the holiday together. It's about family, so we're going to let that happen. And uh, like I said, we'll pick up Tuesday at the table next week. We'll pick up our prayer, Monday night prayer next week. So uh, this week we're off. Uh, Let's enjoy the holidays. And uh, unless you need that, hey, come by. Look, if you want to show up, you just come by my house. and, And you can come do life with us if that's why you're here. Miss Pam, I see your hand. Come on foods the cooking. Bring it on out. Let's do it. Uh, that's what I love. So we do have something this week though which is which is awesome. We are teaming up with Great Oaks Church. Uh, we're going to get together with them and guys we're doing a, a light in the park. It's actually called the, uh, we had a slide, there it is Light the Park Worship Service out there. If you remember where we did the outdoor worship, it's over by East Memorial Baptist Church on that main road. The address is up there. We'll push it out on our app. We'll push it out on social media. Come on out. It starts at 6 o'clock. Hot chocolate. Hang out. We're going to do a more of a an intimate acoustic worship we're going to do a candlelight service our goal is to let the rest of the community know that this is all about jesus okay christmas is all about jesus so we're going to come out and we're going to do life with them we're going to we're going to unite as churches and come out there and worship together so write that down uh december 23rd candlelight service out there uh and i'm excited about that so uh so i'm and i'm also excited about our this year we're doing a new year's eve service right here so 10 o'clock on new year's new year's eve in our church we're going to have multiple churches here so we're going to be doing life together we're going to pray in and worship in the new year so you don't want to miss that i'm excited about that to see how god wants to move in this place on new year's eve so come on out bring the kids look it's going to be a good time and we just get to spend time together as a family and we're just going to pray this in we're going to see what god has in store for 2021 because i'm excited to see what he wants to do so we're going to be doing that Uh, i do want to recognize one of our uh, are awesome small groups that's still available uh, for people. We have shut down a lot of small groups, so we still have people that meet. Uh, we have a couple groups that meet. One's Bread of Life. They meet here on Wednesdays and uh, build meals for people in need on Thursdays. So every Thursday, they go hand out the food. So that's always going on. But the second one is our Coffee Club. And we call it the Coffee Club because it's actually cards of faith for everyone everywhere. And if you have ever had a birthday, if you have ever had a, an illness, if, if you've ever had an anniversary and these people are sending cards out. So what they do is they tap right into our system, and they know, and they just send out. They just love on you. And, and I'm telling you, I, I thank them. Can we give it up for Miss Maymay? Um, May May, I know I know a few people because I get cards all the time, like May May, Miss Sharon Johnson, Carolyn Peacock, uh, and I know there's other people that that have sent them out all the time. So, and I know if you're part of that, thank you so much uh, because you are a blessing to this church. I'm telling you, it is a blessing uh, to do that. And if you want to support that, uh, if you want to support that in any way, these these are ladies and 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 guys that get out and they do this and, and they do this on their own. So. They're sending out cards after cards, so if you want to support them and help with uh, stamps, or if you want to donate cards or whatever you want to do, bring it by the church. We'll have a spot where you can drop it off, so you can continue to uh, to help them do what they do. Because it is a phenomenal ministry. I absolutely love them, and it's neat, man. And I love the month of December because you know we get to come in month of December. I got my birthday. We got our anniversary. We just celebrated 28 years yesterday. Come on, so good. But we, we get overwhelmed with cards, man. People, and it's all people from our church that, that just love to do that. So uh, we thank you. They're doing a phenomenal job. If you want to be part of that, if that's something you love to do, man, sign up. Get with May. Uh, you can go online. We got all that stuff online. Uh, don't miss an opportunity to bless other people. Uh, also want to welcome back Moe, Moses. Come on in the house. We sent him off to the Navy I don't know how many months ago. feels like a while. And, uh, and he's back visiting. Uh, he's stationed down in Pensacola now. So, man, it's good to have you home, brother. Good to see you. So welcome back. Uh, last thing I want to do uh, is I want to we, we made today and we kind of tagged today our ugly Christmas sweater uh, Sunday. So I want to recognize uh, in two categories, we're going to do an adult Category and a children category. So adults are uh, 18 and older. So if you're 18 and older, you're going to fall into the adult category. So uh, what I, this is going to be quick because, I mean, we only have four hours today. So I'm going to need to speed this up. Um, but with the adult, if you want to compete in the ugliest Christmas sweater contest as an adult and you think you have the ugliest Christmas sweater, then I want you to come forward. Someone's going to win. Come on, come on. Uh, oh, wow. Come on. Come on. It doesn't even have to be ugly. We're just, because I don't get to vote. The church is going to vote. Who, who is going to be the most festive? Is this it? Two people? That's all? who I... All right. All right. Come on. There we go. Come on. It doesn't have to be ugly. We just We just deemed it that. All right. Here we go. So we have three people. I'm going to leave it up to you because I'm the pastor and I can't pick one. I got pastor them all, so I don't want anybody to be mad at me. They can be mad at you. Okay? So this is how it's going to work. I'm going to walk by, and I'm just going to hold my hand over somebody, and you get to get loud. So if you, if you think they should win, you just need to get loud. All right? So here we go. Over here, Miss Phyllis. There you go. There you go. Miss <laughs> Pam. Uh-oh. And Elizabeth. All right, all right, all right, all right. There you go. There's a gift card for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing the spirit and getting out here. So good. All right, now the tough one, y'all. That was easy. I need the kids to come on up. If the kids have, uh, this is kids, they're going to be 17 and under. Come on up. That's right. Oh, this is going to be good. Wow, this is hard. Y'all get to say this, so. We got a gift card for them, too, so, so this is good. Wow. You guys, you get to break their hearts. That's so mean. <laughs> but I do believe that we want we want to celebrate, so let's do this. We're going to come across. If you think, as, as I walk across, um, I, I'm just going to raise my hand, make some noise, and we're going to figure out. Kids, you don't even look at me. You don't even know where I'm going. So I, you just can look forward because I don't want to get. All right, here we go. We got our winner right here, buddy. Come on. Congratulations. Merry Christmas. Come on, y'all. Woo. All right, love on your kids now. This is a lesson we learned. We don't give out second prizes. Look, it's either you win it or you don't. That's it. There is no second place, no trophies for, for anybody else. First place and losers. No. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. It's been a rough day, I tell you, it's good. It's about ready to get real. Come on, y'all. Y'all having a good time this morning? Man, I love this. So, tell you what, I'm going to pray. We're going to jump into the Word. I just know God wants to move in this place. I think we have a a sermon... slide out there somewhere so they can know what we're talking about today but i'm gonna pray father we love you god we thank you lord and father i thank you for an opportunity to share your word i thank you god that we can come in on a sunday god and we can just worship you and and father right now i ask you to speak to my heart god let it speak to my heart my mind father whatever comes out of my mouth let it be of all you god not me so father i ask that it lands on the ears and the hearts of those who need to hear it father so we just thank you lord and we love you in jesus mighty name everybody said amen and amen so we are in a a, uh, sermon. Uh, we're not in any series. Like I said, it is our an unlikely Christmas story. An unlikely story. And it's actually not a Christmas story. It's just an unlikely story uh, that we're going to tie into Christmas. Uh, but, but man, I'm excited over this because I have, you would think, and you know, most people, if you're not up here, you'd just go, oh, it's Christmas and Easter should be the easiest sermons ever to share for a pastor because it's Christmas and Easter and everything is just the same and you can, it doesn't work that way. And God, God, you still surrender to God and say, God, what do you want me to talk about? Because I want something that's, that's going to hit somebody. Give me a word for somebody uh, in the house that's listening online. Um, so an unlikely story is where he took me. Is anybody here, you know, what I mean by unlikely story is a story that where the ending doesn't make any sense. It's just unlikely. Like things just aren't supposed to work out that way, but they do. Um, and like last night, there was almost an unlikely story last night. For anybody that watches football, I don't usually bring that up, but there was almost an unlikely story I was going to be talking about this morning. Um, so, so I'm glad that's not on my sermon, <laughs> Woo, but that would have been good. So, uh, but, but, <laughs> but, but here it is. So, uh, so unlikely stories, when I think about that, I can tie a story into a movie, and I always think in the holiday season we have Hallmark movies, right? Hallmark movies, to me, it's not an unlikely story. I can tell you within the first five minutes uh, who's going to date who, what's going to happen. So that's not an unlikely story. I do like the theme of it. I like the fact that the good things are happening, the bad people or, or people that are dealing with issues, or, or you know, God's showing up and things are happening. Um, but I have one for you guys if you want to know. This is my favorite one, and I think that if you listen to me, it's going to be good. You need to bring your wife in or your date, and this is what you need to watch because it's the best one, and it has it has everything from emotion in it um, to uh, to to just it's got God in it and He's showing up in a mighty way. Uh, this is this is one of the movies that it's one of my fa- absolute favorites. So so if you've never seen Rudy. I'm telling you, Ru- Rudy, Rudy is the movie. Anybody not seen Rudy? If you had not seen Rudy, come on, I'm going to spoil it for you. You have got to watch Rudy. This is, this is one of those unlikely stories, you know, about this young man, Rudy Rudiger, who is, you know, grew up in like a little steel town, and, and he's a tiny little guy who plays football in high school, and, but he loves Notre Dame. And he says, I'm going to play for the Fighting Irish one day. They could have used him yesterday. And, and I'm thinking, man, here's this young man who, who, who is trying to get into Notre Dame, And he just has a dream and he has a he has the backbone to go fight for it and he says, I'm never gonna give up and so through that whole thing, you know, he gets into college and he has to do this prep college and then he gets accepted into Notre Dame. It is a true story, right? it's a true story so he gets accepted into Notre Dame and then he's on the practice team and he's on that team for years and and it doesn't even count unless you play one full game and then he finally gets in a game gets himself a sack it's phenomenal he's the last player to ever be carried off the field uh at Notre Dame um so it's a true story but man it is inspirational it is it, man if you have not shown that to your wife you need to put that one in invite me over I'll bring some popcorn it is good that's a good one so I'm just helping you out uh, for this season about that but you know here's the thing uh there's been when it comes to unlikely stories i think about 2020 we are in an unlikely story you know with everything going on in the world this year it is unlikely that we're sitting here in a church on a sunday morning worshiping god this is the the uh a finish to an unlikely story that we get to come together and worship we get to do this now we have people that that are quarantined in our church and we have people that are sick in our church and we're praying for them we have people that have been sick in our church and they have completely healed okay but it's still an unlikely story that we can still gather there are churches that are not gathering there are churches that have not been able to open their doors. So so it's an unlikely story that we gather today uh, for for this service. I just, I just love it. And I'm telling you, this is an unlikely story that has an outcome. So I believe this year, if there is an outcome with this year, and it's hope and it's joy and it's peace, and that's what we're going to usher into the new year because I believe God's going to continue to do He's not done yet with 2020 he's not done yet and he still has time to operate and move in 2020 to where it's not going to be remembered as a year that was just horrible i think god's going to show up in a mighty way in a mighty way so and it reminds me this year kind of reminds me of when i read about how it was before jesus came on the scene there's a lot of the same stuff going on a lot of the same stuff and then god sends his son and he's born into that time, and that's what, that's what breaks everything free. That's the, the shift in the story, the, the unlikely story of Jesus coming on the scene, right? And all of a sudden, there's hope and there's joy, and it changes everything for eternity. I mean, this is huge. So, so this is how it works. So that happened back then, and I really believe there's a lot of stories in the Bible uh, that talk about that and their unlikely stories. And that's how I'm going to cover that today. As we, This is not just going to be a, a story of Jesus being born. This is some of the unlikely stories that led up to that and the stuff that how God has his hand on everything, uh, and he still does. Uh, and we, we tend to forget that. We tend to get caught up in what's going on in the world. We get caught up in our, in our finances, in our, in our health, and we forget how much God has his hands on everything that we do. His hands are right there. You know, but I do like Christmas. I do. It's changed my mindset over the years. You know, I used to just think Christmas was about giving gifts and making people happy. That's what I thought. Well, that's not it. In fact, when you think about it, and you actually, you know, just sit down and think about the biggest gift ever given to us. And it was, it was us getting a gift from God. It's us getting the gift. So, and, and it was people bringing gifts to him. <laughs> so all this other stuff it means nothing in the books when it does as much as it does God giving his son to us that was his gift to us that's why when you hear joy to the world it says let earth receive her king so we have to receive him there's a gift out there that God has given us that nobody there's still people that hadn't received it and it's been sitting under the tree for years and he said look I've given you the gift you just have to receive it that's what Christmas is about that's what Christmas is about so I yeah, I always have a go-to verse and I was really uh, just kind of digging through this week, trying to figure out where God wants me to go, and then He brought me into this this scripture that just kind of it, it encapsulates, uh, it covers everything. <laughs> encapsulates, encapsulates. I can't even speak this morning. Put it this way: everything's in this one verse. It's actually several verses. So John one, one through eighteen. Um, this is this is really good, and when I read this, it just really talks about everything I'm going to talk about today. Uh, and it means so much. So I'm going to read through this. If you have your Bibles, open them up. If not, it'll be on the screen. So John 1, 1 through 8, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness Hmm, Has not overcome it i'm gonna stop right there because I love that I love the fact that there is darkness in this world and it cannot overcome the light because when the light comes There is nothing that can stop the light from coming You don't believe me go out there. You can turn off every light in your house. You can. I live in the country Sometimes at night it's black You can't see your hand in front of your face, but you just light a little match And that light will glow forever and that's that that is the light i'm talking about It's jesus and and guess what? He is the word He is the light, and he's here. He's for us, for us to receive. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. They're talking about John the Baptist. He come as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world, I'm sorry, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How many times do you think you didn't recognize what God put in front of you? How many times do you, you know, I I see that all the time, where I just think that that God puts people in front of you for a reason. God puts people in front of you for you to help, for you to, to, to pray over, and there's times we walk right by. We don't even see it. There's people that didn't even know it when he came. They didn't see it. They didn't realize it. They didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a human's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God in his closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. So what a setup, and I started reading this, and I'm just like, wow, how am I going to talk about all that? (laughs) How am I going to fit all that into this little moment that that we we chisel out of our sunday morning and i go man there's so much to cover and i said well it's only about the stories i want to talk about jesus i want to talk about you know all these things that led up to that and and these unlikely stories and how they unfold so i'm going to (laughs) try i love horrors come on brother oh man uh So today we're going to celebrate his birth, but we're going to talk, and we're going to celebrate a lot of other things God did. And I'm hoping you can see how God's been working in your life, how God has always put you in places. He's always been there. He's always had his hands around you, and there's things he's done in your life that you hadn't connected yet that he's going to connect. He's going to show you how how things happen in your life, and you thought that that wasn't anything, and he's going to show you later on it's going to connect to something, and it was worth something because everything he does is going to tie into something else, a bigger picture of who he is and what he wants. Oh, so to understand this we need to take a step back from from business take a step back from the rush of the holidays take a step back from everything that's going on and just say can we just focus on him this holiday season can we just focus on him for once let's not worry about anything else and just thank him for for his son so to understand the coming of jesus you need to understand the coming of john the baptist because it was so needed and that, and that's where you, people forget that the that, the that, that, he was supposed to come. It, it, was, it was prophesied that he will come before Jesus comes. See, he had to pave the way. He had, to, he had to cut out the path in the forest. He had to do that for all this to happen. And that comes right out of Malachi 3.1. It says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come says the lord almighty so it's prophesied that it was spoken to existence okay when we pick up this story i want to i want to talk about that because because when i started thinking about john the baptist and and how he came it's so important to understand the way god made all this happen at the right time at the right place for what needed to go so we're going to pick up the story of john the baptist with zachariah the priest and I think that's, you know, when you think about his parents, was Zachariah and Elizabeth, okay? And they were um, righteous people. You know, Zachariah was a priest, and he served in a, a priesthood. And, and, you know, they, they prayed. They, they, this was a couple that, that, that knew God. They knew him. But they were also, um, you know, they, they didn't have, like, a great life. And everybody thought maybe they had everything. They, if you know God and if you have a good relationship with God, then everything's easy. That was not so in their life. And you're going to see that as it starts coming out in this story. Um, but with Zachariah, what happened with him is, is he was served with a division. And their division was, was sent to go down into the temple. And, and he was actually chosen by Lot, which is how they picked a lot of things back then. And he was picked as the priest to go into the temple and light the incense, which is a huge thing. This wasn't something that happened to a priest every day. This could have been a once-in-a-lifetime moment for him. This is what he prepared for. He was older in age. They said he was an older, you know, their whole family, him and his wife were both older in age. And I won't say the age they probably were because I don't want you to think I'm picking on you. But here it is. that had, He had this opportunity to go in, and, and God provides a miracle when he does it. So, so that's where we're going to pick it up in Luke 1, 11 through 25. Luke 1, 11 through 25. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. So he just lit the incense. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Isn't it good? That God knows your name because that's what this is. He has not spoke to this angel. This angel comes down and calls him by his name. That's how God made you. God made you and he knows your name. He knows your plan and purpose he has for you, why he made you. And when you submit to that, when you seek him with all your heart, he's going to show up and he's going to call you by name because he knows you. He made every hair on your head. He knows everything about you. And he calls him by name, and he says, your prayer has been heard. That's the first time you see it in here where they're actually, that, that, that's how you know they've been praying. They're, they're old in age. They don't have kids, so therefore Elizabeth is being almost like an outcast in her society, and he's a priest without a son. And he's thinking, this is the lineage of my family. I need a son so I can pass on what I do. But they had nothing, but it shows that, that he prayed. He prayed for his wife, and they prayed together. What a great story about family when when your husband will pray for you and be there, and they're praying together. And because they never stopped praying, an angel shows up and says, your prayer's answered. So it doesn't matter how long it is from the time you start praying something. <laughs> the answer is going to be yes, but it's in God's timing. See, they, they had this feeling like, like you know, the answer would be yes, if it's God's will. So here you have some, a family that you don't even know how long they've been praying. They could have been praying since they got married at a young age. So, you know, kind of like Sarah and Brandon. I think they were like 12. <laughs> so they, they got married at a young age. You can imagine how long they were praying for a child. And now they're saying they're uppers in the 60s. And he's finally coming to them. They never stopped praying. They never quit surrendering to God. So they were righteous and they kept praying. And he keeps going in verse 14. He says, he will be a joy and delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Come on. Could you imagine that? There's people that 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 wait their entire life until adulthood to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this kid is filled with the Holy Spirit before he's even born. So God is all over him. In the womb. And that's really the first time you start hearing about the Holy Spirit filling people. Luke was really good at that when you start digging into that. He, he brings it up a whole bunch. But here's this, this, this baby is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So could you imagine as a parent hearing that? That that God has his hands all over your kid and he's going to be powerful and God's going to use him in a mighty way and he's going to be with him even before he's born. Keeps going in 16. He says he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn their hearts, to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. They're saying he's going to be used in a mighty powerful way to pave the path for Jesus. I mean, now, there's some parents that will take that and go, this is amazing. My kid is going to pave the path. And there's other parents that will look at it different and go, but I want my kid to be number one. Why can't my kid be number one? But that's not what you see here. You see God saying he's going to be number two the vice president. <laughs> That's what he's going to be. And they're extremely happy because it's their blessing. And you see God working in a mighty way. And then Zechariah asked the angel, how can, it, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. This is where it gets real. This is where you start seeing the mistakes. This is, this is like the phone call you get um, every afternoon around 5 o'clock when they tell you you know, for $100 you can go to the Bahamas. This is what Zachariah is thinking right now. He's like, really? I've been praying all these years. We've been faithful, and now you're telling me this is going to be my son, and he's going to do all these wonderful things. So you see doubt. This is where the doubt comes in. This is where even the priest, being as close to God as he is, being as as clean as he is to walk into the temple, he's doubting. pretty sure some of us could probably fall into that category sometimes when you feel God says something or somebody speaks something into your life and you're like really how's that going to happen well the key takeaway there is don't doubt a promise from God because when God speaks his promises are yes this is that you got to understand when God promises something it's going to come true you might not know when it's going to come true but it's going to come true, and here's what I love about this: it keeps going. So, so you just don't get away with that sometimes. So the angel said to him, "I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day, till the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time." He silences him. Not just silences him. He 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 can't hear. You'll. That comes out later on. He can't speak. He was muted. He was muted. And God said, you know what? I'm going to give you a little bit of time. <laughs> a little bit of time. About nine months to get close to me. Because what else are you going to do when you can't talk to anybody and you can't hear anything? He said, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about what just happened. All these years you've been faithful. And I tell you what I want to do for you. And there's doubt. Doubt. So it says in meanwhile, the people were wanting or waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. So they know it because that's just something that they, they were looking to every single time somebody went in the temple. They want to know, is God speaking? Is God moving? Is God doing? And here they see somebody who, and this is a priest. It's kind of like telling me that I can't talk for nine months. Imagine that would be a little rough. (laughs) Okay, so here's a priest muted, trying to do uh, what he likes to do, but he can't. He says, when his time of service was complete, he returned home. So they're there for a while. He returns home, and after this, uh, his wife Elizabeth becomes pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Then the Lord has done this for me, she said. And these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace amongst my people. So I look at that and you see the, the, the doubt of one, right, but the belief of the other. You see a family come together where one is dealing with still. She's praising God for the child, knowing her husband can't speak and can't hear. Because of her faith. So why is this unlikely? Why, why, why do I consider this an unlikely story? Well, one... You know, Zechariah and Elizabeth, they're old. They shouldn't have kids, right? This, is, this was something they couldn't do. She was barren, so she gets pregnant. They've been praying for a child. You know, Zechariah's never seen an angel. In fact, in, in his studies, he realized that angels only talk to very special people in the Old Testament, right? So he, he never got to see that. He doubted God, right? And because of that, he's deaf and mute. That's kind of special. That's kind of unlikely that that would happen. But I think one of the most unlikely spots that I like to talk about is towards the end of this, which is when John is born. And what makes it unlikely is that they told him that he, they were going to name him John. And in society back then, uh, they always took their father's name. So they couldn't go to Zechariah because he couldn't speak. So when the baby's born, you can imagine this. This is her first child. Any mama's out there with grandbabies, first kids, you're going to show up. Right? You're going to tell them how to do everything. You're going to tell them how to raise their kids. You're going to do all that. And, you know, as a mama, when you have a child, everybody wants to tell you everything. They're going to show up. So their entire family shows up at the birth of this child. And they go to her, and they say, you're going to name them Zachariah. Well, mamas, you know you get to name your kids. Well, she was like, no, we're going to name them John. And, and you could imagine their thought process at that point. Like, who's John? <laughs> you know? Who's John? Who are you going to name him after? Well, she said, John, and that's just very unusual because the family now gets frustrated because their entire lineage is shot. They're saying, he has to take the name of the father. He has to take his name. So they go to him, and they go to Zechariah, and they go, what do you want to name your son? And he writes, John. And just like that, his mouth is open. His ears can hear. (laughs) And here's the great part. This is what I think is so unlikely about it. If you were muted for nine months and you finally got to speak, you might even start cursing the God, cursing God. You might get a little frustrated over everything you've been through. He started praising God. He started thanking God for what he's done. He went right into praise, right into worship, right, right into giving it all to God because he knows what God's done in his life. And he had nine months to seek him. He had nine months to ask him why. He had nine months to be in his presence. Just an unlikely story. So John the Baptist is born. When I look at this and I think about what they went through, I think one of my biggest takeaways when I read that for you is, is you've you got to fear God and not man. Because there's a lot of people in your life that are going to come into your life and try to tell you what to do. They're going to try to tell you how to do it. And God's going to tell you something else. And you've got to be able to look at that and go, Whew. Do I go with God or do I go with my friends? Do I go with God or do I go with my family? Do I go with God or do I go with my job? That's what this is about. It's about saying, God, I'm going to submit to you no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say in my life, I need to submit to you. And for for this, I I look at this and I, I think about his calling and I think about you know, what God's doing with him. And, and when John the Baptist comes on, it's been like, I think he'll be like the first prophet in, in 400 years that actually prophesies over the, uh, uh, the coming of Christ. So it's been 400 years since somebody spoke about this. So this is an amazing event that happens in a very unusual way, a very unlikely story. And especially knowing that he's coming in to, to, to just do one job. He has a purpose. He has a purpose in life. So two takeaways from this is God's promises are bigger than our responses. And I love that because sometimes God will tell you to do something. And your response isn't going to be what he wants to hear, but it doesn't disappear. Because he could have easily said, oh, really? You're going to doubt me? I'll go to somebody else. But he didn't because his promises are bigger than our responses. So even if you didn't respond right to God, if you didn't answer the right question, if you didn't do the right thing, God still has his hand on you. God is still looking out for you. God still has a plan for you, a purpose for you in your life doesn't matter what you've done. Hmm. The second thing is, is never stop praying for something, even when it seems impossible. Never stop praying. They never stopped praying. Maybe that's why they thought that they were so righteous. Maybe that's why, because they never gave up. They never said, you know what, this is too hard. I can't do it anymore. They didn't turn. They didn't go the other way. They kept praying. They kept seeking God in everything they did. So never stop praying. So John had to come before Jesus because if it wasn't for John, he couldn't prepare the way. So he had to start getting people to repent. That's why he was baptizing people. He had to clear the path so when Jesus shows up, they actually believe it. He had to come to fulfill a prophecy. And there's a lot of people back then that knew what the law said. They knew the word. Jesus wasn't going to show up unless this other guy showed up. (laughs) That's what it said. So he had to come for that reason. So the second unlikely story I'm going to talk about is a Jesus. Because when you look at the uh, prophecies and, and you start looking at the Old Testament, there's probably over 300 of them that talk about the coming of the Messiah, all kinds. I mean, it's everywhere. And when you dig into it, it's pretty good. But I'm going to go to one that I think covers this, and that's Isaiah 7:14. Isaiah 7:14 it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And we'll call him Emmanuel. We'll call him Emmanuel. So here you have another prophecy. And from this one, from the time this was spoke, 700 years till it actually happened. That's faith. For people to continue to think and continue to pray and continue to say he's coming. 700 years. We have a hard time praying for something. And it don't show up by next week. We're upset. We give up. We move on. <laughs> we're like, it didn't come true. I guess it's not meant to be. 700 years. And they never forgot. That's where we got to start remembering. It's all God's timing. So when you start praying, it's all God's timing. Just remember that. It's all God's timing. When you submit to his will, you just keep praying. Just because it it's not answered in the next week or two or a month or a year, it doesn't mean he's still not working it. He has his hands in everything. Okay, so you you need to just keep submitting to it. And if you know that's what God spoke to you, that's how God's speaking to you, then you need to hang in there. You keep praying. You keep seeking him with everything. So we're going to go into that story, Luke 1, 26 through 38. Luke 1, 26 through 38. And this is the birth of Jesus foretold. In 26, it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So you start seeing the, the connection. So you, now you start seeing that she's related to Elizabeth. And now there was already one, you know, one miracle that happened. And this is only six months after that first miracle. So you see this coming too. And it's all aligning with all the prophecies. We're talking in the line of David, right? And, and her name is Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Once again, he knows your name. I can't keep stating that enough. He knows who you are. And he says, you have found favor with God. I don't know about you. When I I look him face to face, I want to know that I found favor in his eyes, that I've done what he asked me to do, that I was there when he asked me to do it, that I've obeyed what he's asked me to do. And here you have an angel showing up saying, telling her that he's found favor with her. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. What a powerful thing to happen to a 15-year-old girl. People forget how young she was. And now you've just come before the angel of the Lord. And he said, I'm giving you, you, you will conceive and, and ha- you're going to have and give birth to Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and there's favor on your life. So you can imagine, you know, we've already talked about the righteousness that's been happening in the life of Zachariah and Elizabeth. Could you imagine how this young girl was? She was seeking God. She knew God. She wanted more of him. Now she it sounds like she struggles, but she doesn't with the same thing because she answers this and she says, How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And this was totally different because when you look at this in, in context, and you, you can't tell tone in any kind of word that you, that you read in the Bible. So what you see here is she's actually just saying, awesome. Like, how's it going to happen? So I'm aware of this because I'm a virgin. So tell me how this is going to happen. Where Zachariah was totally different. He was like, really? Me? After all these years. So here you have this young girl coming, saying, how's it going to happen? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her, in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive in her six months is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. You could take everything out of that entire thing and take that very last thing, verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. And she gives her confirmation with that, saying, hey, look, I've already, she's your relative, and she's already six months pregnant. And she knew her relative. She was like, she can't get pregnant. They've been trying to do that forever. And he goes, now let me prove it to you. She's pregnant six months. Mm. he says i am the lord's servant or she said i am the lord's servant mary answered may your word to me be fulfilled then the angel left her so here you have a 15 year old girl completely submitted to god being told being told that 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 she is going to give birth to the son to jesus I couldn't even imagine what that would look like. So so she obviously knew God. She feared the angel. It shows that. She feared the presence. So she feared God. So the big takeaway here is, are you willing to say yes to God no matter what he's asked you to do? Because she had to say yes. She had to answer this. Could you imagine what was going through her head? Here she is. She is, uh, I guess, in our terms, she's, she's getting ready to get married uh, to Joseph, um, they're not supposed to have sex until after they're married and now she's going to be a 15-year-old pregnant and not married. And she knows it's Jesus. <laughs> she, she knows who's inside of her. And she's supposed to walk around and continue to do like with all the ridicule that's going to come with it. She has to be willing to say yes and do whatever God asked her to do. So here it's, do you fear God or do you fear man? And this is exactly where this is. She has to make that decision. Am I willing to go forth and do what God wants me to do? Because at the same time, you know, Joseph knows what's going on. And he knows what he has rights to do. He knows that, that he, can, he can legally, you know, push her aside and leave her. In fact, he you know, says she could be stoned. This is a serious offense. But in a dream, the angel comes to him in a dream and tells him, hey, look. This is what's going on. <laughs> make a choice. Right? So, so here you see Joseph stepping up to the game because he could have done, he could do something that's good, because by their law, it was good. Him leaving her would have been good, but it wasn't God. So you got to make a decision in your life. Are you willing to do something that's good or you want to do something that's God? Because I don't want good if I can get God. <laughs> and here he's saying, You got an option. Are you willing to take the good or you want what God wants to give you? And he chooses God. So he spoke to both of them. So there are things that we're going to make decisions about in our life that God puts on our heart. That it, some Sometimes, you know, it's going to sound good. And there's going to be things that that they line up with the word that you're going to be like, well, no, I could do that. And at the same time, God's going to be speaking to you and for some reason you're not going to feel released from whatever you're in to go do whatever you think you're supposed to do even though it's good see that's the confusing part about this you could say yeah but i know i know that's still good i could go do this i could go serve i could go serve in this church i could go do this over here and it's all good i'm still serving god but it's not what god has in store for you <laughs> so you have a choice you can settle or you can have what God wants for you in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to I want to go God. I don't care what the other stuff looks like. Cuz I know who's got my back, who's always had my back, who will always have my back. So now as we move on to this uh to the birth of Jesus, it's just another unlikely story. Um, and that starts with a prophecy too. In Micah 5 2, it says, uh, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, did I say that right? Come on. I'm pretty close. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So here you see a prophecy saying that, that Jesus is going to be coming from Bethlehem. He's coming from, it's spoken. This is years before any of this is going to happen. And this doesn't make any sense because they're in Nazareth. All right, but this is the cool part. That's why I like it as being an unlikely story. So you see this, that, so Joseph, okay, so Joseph also went up. We're picking this up in Luke 2, 4 through 7. It says, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David he went there to register with mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child you're like why is that unlikely the only reason he had to go there was because of a census going on because of something else going on if you want to know what that means how far is that you have a 15 year old girl who's pregnant pretty far along they're about 80 miles they have to travel by foot it's cold it's hilly it's dangerous takes them about 7 to 10 days. They say they can go about 10 miles a day. They didn't, weren't able to jump in the car. And, you know, even though he was the son of God in there, they didn't like, he didn't get like a chariot show up to take him there. They didn't jump on a plane. It was, we're going to take a 7 to 10 day hike. And we're going to go into Bethlehem. But what's cool about that is how God worked all that out. And they had to have faith that God had his hands on them the whole time. So this is where you have faith over fear. This is where you start saying, All right, God, I have to have faith that you're telling me to do this. I'm taking my pregnant wife who's 15. We're going to travel for 7 to 10 days in the cold, and we're going to get to where you want us to go because we're supposed to be there. But they're going there because of a census, right? And this is where you start getting caught up with what God's trying to do. So, So God arranged that the most... Powerful leader in the world would tell the an entire empire to go back to their homes at this exact time. So, so this is how God works. He doesn't make it like slight, like, hey, man, I just need you to go to Bethlehem and give somebody a high five, take a litter." He's like, no, I made the most powerful rule, ruler in the world at the time. Tell everybody to go home. And that's how he ended up there. That's how he ended up in Bethlehem. So you think, you know what, this is what it is. This, this is kind of how I see it. This is, is that you think you know what God's doing globally, but you really have no idea. So when I look at the world today, we think we know what's going on in the world. We think we have an idea about what God is doing, and we think the world's falling apart, and we think this is happening, and we think that's happening, and God's up there just going, it's all coming together. I have a game plan that I put in play 700 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Who knows how long he's been working on this one? He goes, quit trying to figure it out. Trust me. I have had my hands all over it. So here, you know, you could see that putting this. He's putting things exactly in place where he wants them to be. You know, and for them, that would sound like an inconvenience. I don't know how I would say that to my wife if I said, hey, baby, I know you're pregnant. And we're going to go walk for about 7, 10 days to go back to the hometown so that, so that we can do what the, the emperor wants us to do. You have a problem with the, you know, what the president tells you to do in this country. Could you imagine somebody telling you to do that? You'd be a little upset. So a good takeaway is don't question what is happening. God has a plan, and he's aligning everything. Don't question what's happening. Our job is not to question what's going on in society. Our job is not to question what's going on in the government. Our job is to say, all right, Lord, we submitted to you. Like, we've done our part. We've done everything we could do. And now we submit it to you. We did our part. After that, it's up to God. We pray about it. We continue to pray about it. And we surrender it to him. It says, while they were there, in verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Another unlikely story because... Here you see the king of kings, lord of lords, being wrapped in some old cloth and put in a manger. Now you can, everybody wants to dig into that. It can be a manger. I'm not even worried about where it was. Here's what I know. That if it was a king, then why wasn't a king in a palace? It's unlikely in our terms. But God says, I need him to be there. I need him to be there. Because if you really think about it, his son deserved it. But God had a different plan. He goes, my, my son won't be accessible in a palace. He goes, he goes, I need my son to be accessible. I need my son to be approachable. I need my son to be available. Therefore, I'm going to put him in a spot where everybody can get to him. See, most royalty doesn't get that. You've got to deal with palace guards and, and, and all this stuff going on. You can't touch royalty. But God said, my son needs to be touched. My son needs to be accessible. My son needs to be available to the entire world. So I'm going to put him in a place where that can happen. An unlikely story. An unlikely story. So the king of kings came humbly. Wasn't proud. He was willing to come and into probably one of the most, yeah, worst locations you could probably think of at the time. But he didn't have to. So even when things don't look right, God has a plan. And even when things don't make sense, it's still god's plan they could have complained they could have got there there's all kinds of studies on that you can dig into all you want about whether he was in an inn or they were in a family's house it doesn't matter the point is is that he was in a spot that wouldn't have been right for any king to be in so the takeaway is just trust god trust god with everything he has his hands in everything all we have to do is surrender to him pray to him give it to him so the last little unlikely story. i got to share this because I'm sorry. It's on here. And I, and, but this last one, I, th- I just love this one because the last unlikely story is about Elizabeth and Mary. Because this just shows you these are humans. <laughs> so these are people. They have feelings. Right? And, and they know what's going on. And here you see a, this um, connection between Mary and Elizabeth that could have went wrong. Okay, so we're going to pick it up in Luke 1, 39 through 45. And it says, at that time, Mary got ready. So here she heard about her relative that's pregnant, six months pregnant. So we're going back a little bit. All right. So, so she gets ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled With the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit so here you see it you see Mary getting excited because guess what she now she knows that there's a miracle happening to her relative and she wants to go share what God just did to her so she's excited she goes I want to go spend time and I want to go see how this is gonna work out because this is like two miracles in six months right so she's gonna go visit And when she walks in when Elizabeth heard mary's greeting the baby leaped in her womb i love that and and she was filled with the holy spirit just like that remember inside of her is john right and john is already filled with the holy spirit so you just see the connection where god just just jumps all over him and it says in a loud voice she exclaimed blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you bear But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I don't think in there anywhere it says Mary tells her anything's happened to her. But it's the Holy Spirit in her that is telling her all this stuff. And here's the thing. It's unlikely because... Elizabeth had to humble herself Here's an old lady that just got blessed just got the biggest miracle of her life Just got told that that she's gonna finally have a baby and it's gonna be John, right? So she's still pregnant And she's like this is amazing the greatest thing in the world now. My husband can't talk. This is amazing Right, she's thinking this is so good. This is what's going on in her life and then this little 15-year-old girl comes in and kicks down the door and says, Hey, guess what? I'm having Jesus. That's it. I, I just one up you. So, so happy for you. I'm a little better. Little 15-year-old girl. So you can imagine that, that Elizabeth had to humble herself. And she had to accept the fact that, guess what? She had her own miracle. And she had to understand that she had a purpose in life. And sometimes your purpose is not to be the number one, but this person. She knew what her purpose was. She, she knew what God wanted her to do. She owned her faith. That's what she did. She owned her faith. She understood that what God was doing in her life was so important to her. And it was a blessing to her. It didn't matter how it was going to be used. She didn't have to be the most powerful one. It didn't matter. She was more happy that, that Jesus was coming. She wasn't jealous. She didn't compare herself. I don't know if that happened these days. You know, you go buy a new car, your neighbor shows up with a newer car. You're like, I didn't know they updated it. (laughs) That's how it works. Somebody gets something, you want to go get something better than them. Here she says, man, I'm just so thankful that I got blessed. And now you're being blessed. Come on. Here's the thing. God hates pride. God hates pride. She could have been prideful, but she wasn't. Here's the thing, because pride can affect your call. Big time. God has a calling for you, but if you're going to be prideful, you might not ever get an opportunity to fulfill it. You have to humble yourself. And and there's prideful people. There's prideful people in this room, so don't be out there thinking like, oh, man, I know somebody needs to hear this. Y'all right here need to hear this. And this is how I know, because prideful people won't come up for prayer for healing. Prideful people won't take that step to come up and say, hey, I need some healing in my body. They won't. <laughs> prideful people won't seek God for a miracle. They're going to try to find their own way to do stuff. And God says, mm I got you. You need to humble yourself. Humble yourself to me. Submit to me. So the prerequisite for healing and mercy is humility. That's what it is. You humble yourself and let God do what only God can do. You have to be willing to step out in faith and surrender to God. So the big takeaway there is can you celebrate somebody else's win? Can you honestly look at good things happening in somebody else's life and celebrate it with them? Can you celebrate it with your family when somebody gets blessed? Can you celebrate it with your job when somebody gets the promotion over you? Because guess what? It probably wasn't your promotion in the first place. Because that wasn't God's will in your life. He had another plan for you. So celebrate. Can you celebrate when other churches have amazing turnouts? And when God shows up in mighty ways. Can you celebrate that? Because he says humble yourself and celebrate other people's wins. That's how you do it. That's how you humble yourself. It's not about you. Put yourself in the back end. Put God first and see what God wants to do in life. Celebrate everybody else. So that's the prerequisite, like I said, for healing and mercy. Is to humble yourself. Which takes me to the unlikely story of Mama (laughs) Hmm. Because I love this story. And if you don't know Mama Lowe, she's our children's pastor. And, uh, man, such an unlikely story. And it falls right in line with everything that you see printed in the Bible. And I just start watching what God's doing. You know, so so if you didn't know, Mama Lowe got diagnosed with stage 4 cancer in her pancreas. Which is one of the most severe cancers you can get. Right? And I love it, because here's if you know Mama Lowe, you'll understand that Mama Lowe never stops praying. Mama Lowe cares about more people than she does about herself. Mama Lowe doesn't care where she lives, where she's gonna get her food. God has provided for Mama Lowe every single step of the way. And guess what? It doesn't need to be that way. Doesn't need to be that way. Mama Lo is somebody who has a, a degree in like finances and can she used to run a bank and she surrendered everything to serve God. She doesn't need anything. But she surrenders to him and she prays to him. She has faith over fear. <laughs> She's filled with the Holy Ghost. Mama Low prays and obeys. That's what I love about Mama Low. And because of that, you know, she had to go do her first chemo treatment. And when she showed up, this, this is this what's so awesome. <laughs> so she had to do her first chemo treatment. And, and after, you know, everybody told her when you go through chemo, man, you're going to feel this. It's going to be all these side effects. Everything's going to do this. And pretty much you're going to shut down for a while. Nothing. No side effects. She's like, I don't understand what you're saying. They did a follow-up and they said, well, guess what? We don't, like, this is unreal because the chemo hadn't even set in yet. But you're already, you went from a stage four cancer to a 1B before even chemo started. I mean, that's Mama Lowe's faith. That's what does that faith and just believing that God's gonna do what he can do they said that they did her blood work and they go you're healthier than a 30 year old athlete and I've been hanging out with Mama Lo for 10 years I know what she eats I don't understand that but man she is healthy she is strong and it's an unlikely story but God shows up in unlikely ways we serve a powerful God. And she submitted that. She just said, you know what? Not one bit. You know, I think I think I saw maybe maybe two minutes of, of Mama Lo just really taking in everything that was happening. I was at the hospital when I got to go into her room, and it was just me, her, and her daughter. And it was like just two minutes. And we just, you know what? We both cried together. That's it. We hugged each other and cried. Then after that, it was like the light went on, and we just... Then we went out in the foyer with the rest of the Destiny family, and we were lighting that place up. We were praying over her. People were like, what church are you guys from? Because this whole place is just lighting up. Oh. But it's an unlikely story, and it's somebody who doesn't give up, and they live by faith. And, and you know what? Here's her biggest thing with that. It's, you know what? Whatever God wants. It's God's will. It's God's way, whatever he's going to use it for. That's the faith we need to walk with. That's the faith that she's setting in front of you. She goes, I have to go through this for a reason. You know, she shared a story the other day that one of her doctors, when she met him, he said, man, I know seven gods. And she said, well, you don't know my God. And she prayed the sinner's prayer with him right there and got him saved. And she goes, I don't care. I don't care if if my only reason for being here was to introduce you to Jesus. (laughs) That's her mentality on this. So I'm sharing because you need to hear it. Because we serve a God that still is in the miracle works. And it doesn't end. So it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going with, what you're dealing with. You surrender it to him. You pray and you obey. And you surrender it to God and let him do the rest. There is too much stuff going on in our life for us to worry about all the stuff that we don't control. Because God's still ready to show up. He's just waiting. And it's his time and it's his plan and we just submit to that. You know, I think about this unlikely story of 2020 with all the hate, the injustice, the man, the fear that goes on sickness, the the death, covid. I think about all the other stuff that brings worries, politics, our finances. And I go, man, there's so much stuff to worry about. And God says, "No, it's just another unlikely story." I just need you to sink in. And it's hard because there are some people here, and I know there's people watching online, and you lost loved ones this year. And it's tough. It doesn't, look, it doesn't take that away. He just says, trust me. Trust me, I got my hand on it. Trust me, surrender to me. I'm gonna gonna use everything for my good. And we just need to surrender to him. (laughs) And we're gonna come out of this thing. So how do we help though? What, What do we do? You know, we're obviously going to pray first, obey second. (laughs) That's big. But we got to let God be God. And it takes you to the story. It's perfect. It takes you to the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 men. That's not including the the women. And and the disciples come to him and say, what do you want us to do? Should we send them out of here to go get some food? He's like, what do you have? And they're like, we have bread and fish. And he fed them all. And God's just telling you, what do you have? You want to get out of 2020? What do you have? Because that's all it takes. Give me what you have. If you just surrender what you have to me, whatever it is, I'll use it for the good. I'm going to use it to do something good. But there's too many of us, we're holding on to what we have. We're holding on to our gifts and our talents. And man, we're holding on. We're not giving it to God and saying, God, you use it. Because sometimes it's just love. That's it. Your love, if you let God bless your love, your love can cover it for everybody. So if that's all you have this holiday season is love, surrender your love to God. Give it to him and just start loving people because there's a lot of people out there this year that need love. But God says everything you need, you have. Everything you need, you have. Dig through the toolbox, dig through whatever, pull everything out of wherever it is and surrender it to me and what you have will be sufficient and we'll get out of this together. Come on, we serve a good God. Serve a great God. Can we just, can we lift them up? Come on, can we lift them up this morning? Whew. So an unlikely story with an unlikely ending. And I love it. And I love watching how God shows up in our church. I love how he shows up in the families in our church. And it's not over with. We have sick families that we're praying for. We have people that, that can't be here because of that. And we're praying because that's all we can do. We've done everything else we could do. We're going to support them and love on them, you know. So we're going to surrender to that. Amen. Amen. So I want to pray this morning um, for people watching online, people in here. I just think we need prayer this morning. We need, we need to pray for those that are looking for a miracle. doesn't matter what your miracle is. That's what I tell people. We have a whole cross full of prayers. Every one of those prayers upon that cross is a miracle to somebody. Everyone is a miracle to somebody. So I want to pray this morning for your miracles so you start thinking about what that is in your head. I want to pray for healing. Man, you need healing in your body this morning. We're going to do prayer afterwards. We're going to have our prayer team up front. Look, surrender, to, surrender this to God. Humble yourself. You need healing in your body, come get prayed for this morning. Don't sit there and say, I'm just going to take it home and do it on my own. We have people here that want to pray for you i want to pray for people to have the willingness to be unwavering to stand strong in our prayers to never give up knowing that god is going to answer he has an answer for everything we pray about and sometimes we forget we pray for something and we just walk on so i know there's people here today that that you have prayed stuff and you you just kind of lost track of it because you just you just took no for an answer and god says it wasn't no it was not yet like like keep praying keep praying So I don't know if that's you this morning. I don't know if you're dealing with any of that stuff. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for everybody online. We just know God is going to do what only God can do. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can stand here today. We can sit here today in your presence, Father. and We can just feel your love. We thank you that we have breath in our lungs this morning. And Father, we need a miracle. You look out and you see the hearts and minds of everybody in this room everybody online God you see them so Father they have their own miracle God and I ask right now Father you touch them in that way Father God you know what it is Father we ask that you just do a mighty miracle in their lives and their families Father we pray for healing you're Jehovah Rapha Lord you're a healer so God we declare healing over the bodies in this room those that are online Lord touch them right now let your healing hand touch them God and be with them Lord Father, I ask that you give them the strength and the courage and the willingness to continue to seek you, to continue to surrender to you, to never give up on their prayers, to continue praying for everything they need, to continue to speak with you, God. Mm. Come on, Father, give them the faith, the trust in your word. to not lose faith just because it doesn't come in their timing. So, Father, touch them. Touch them, Father. Heal them, Father. Be with them. Lord, we just surrender it all to you. We love you, God. Have your will in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. And there's a second group of people I want to pray for. And I don't know who's here this morning. I don't know who's watching online. You might have just come to church the first time. So you might not even understand who we're speaking of. You might not know and have a close relationship with him but don't leave here today without starting a relationship with him. Don't leave here today without surrendering your life to Jesus. Just surrender to him. Ask him to come into your heart. Start a relationship with him where, where, man, you can walk life out with the peace knowing that he's walking with you and he's guiding you and he's leading you. Because what the Bible says is that there's there's a penalty for sin. And we all sin. We're all sinners. There is a penalty for sin. It's called death. It's death. But God sent his son to pay the price for you. He sent his son on Christmas to be born so that later in life he could die on the cross for you. To pay the penalty so you don't have to pay it. But unfortunately, if you don't know him, if you don't accept him into your heart, when you face God, someone's got to pay that price. It'll be you. So if you want to receive him into your heart, there's like a, this is where we need to let the guard down. You're, you're, you're amongst a family right now of people that love you, that love God. And if that's you, if you want to receive Jesus into your heart for the first time, today's the day. All I need you to do is just let me know. Raise your hand. If that's you, you say, you know what, I want to surrender. Look, we're not going to make you come up front. We're not going to do any of that stuff. We're going to pray a prayer together the whole church. And I'm going to help you in that. I'm going to help you understand what that means. We're going to talk to you about the next steps and we're going to guide you through this. Anybody in here this morning want to receive Jesus in your heart? Don't go another day. Not a better day to accept him into your life than today. If you're online, we know you're watching. I know there's people. You can do this at home. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be here doesn't take you being in church to receive Jesus in your heart Bible says in Romans 10 9 10 if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you'll be saved so you got to believe you got to believe in your heart and you got to speak it with your mouth so that's what we're going to do this morning we're going to pray as a church we're just going to pray as a church so if you say this this morning let us know let us know fill out a connect card if that's the way you want to do it just fill out the connect card let us know you made that decision today so we can reach out to you and pray for you let's just pray together say jesus i need you kept you out of my life for too long i can't do it on my own change me come into my life be my savior i know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me today i surrender my life to you in jesus name amen and amen come on y'all let's put our hands together i just know god's moving he is moving he'll continue moving um if if you made that decision please let us know if you're online text me email me info at destinychurch.al let us know let us know what what god's doing in your life so we can reach out to you and guide you through this um this is the time though that that we surrender the rest to God. Part of our worship here at Destiny is given, and we just say given to the end. Um, so we'll have ushers at the door. Our kiosk is broke again. Don't worry, we're fixing it. So you can give online, though. You can give on your app. You can, you can go online and give on your phone. If you don't have the app, you can give in cash. To, they'll have the, the offering buckets at the door. I just know this, that, the, that what you're giving to is way beyond these walls what you're giving is, is, is you're, you're giving and God's blessing what you're giving and he's using it to reach so many people to do so many things. You've heard all the stories about the shoes and all kinds of stuff we've been doing, but God is working stuff in this building. God is working stuff right outside these doors. God has his hand on everything. Okay, so this is the time we worship him. That's it. We worship him with our mouth and now we worship him with our finances. This is the part where we say, you know what, God, I have it. And this, is, this might be the only thing I have i don't have time i don't have talent but man i have treasure (laughs) so here take it and do what you can with it you're not given to a church you're given through a church and we're allowing god to do what he can do so we'll have that there i'm gonna we're gonna pray over our offering uh this morning and then we're gonna i'll ask the uh prayer team to come forward so if you need prayer this morning you can you can come up and get prayer and uh, then we'll just dismiss and hope to see everybody at the uh, Christ, on the twenty-third, for our, our lights in the park, we're gonna be lighting up the park. Uh, probably not catching on fire. We just we just, yeah. We're gonna do some candlelight and some worship in the park. It's gonna be really good. If you want to help with that, they do. Need, we need volunteers in the parking. We need. We're gonna make some hot cocoa here, probably around four o'clock. We're gonna be doing all kinds of good stuff. So if that if that interests you, uh, reach out to us. Call the church, and we'll get you all that information. But. All right, let's just pray and we'll surrender the rest to God. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for today. God, I thank you for this family. I thank you for our church. Father, I thank you that that you chose us, God, that we are chosen. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Father, we ask you to, to bless everything this morning, God. I ask you to bless the gift, bless the giver. Lord, we ask that it's used for your kingdom in any way you want. Speak to us, God. Father, we just surrender it to you. God, I ask you to be with us throughout this week. Bless us through the holidays. Father, just uh, bring peace and comfort to us as we go through this holiday season for those that, that need that, God. We just surrender it to you. Have your will in our lives. Have your will in this church and in our families. Father, we just love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I love you. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. And Merry Christmas. And if you need prayer, come on up.